Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 12, as Andy has already written off Alexei Lafreniere, and that era has come to an end, as I got Andy to officially say that he would be willing to trade Lafreniere for pretty much anybody in the NHL. Ooh. So I, I made that last part up, but there were, <laughs> okay. were talks of a possible trade with with the Ducks that I got you to, to pretty much jump on board for. Uh, so this is where the podcast is at at this point. Andy's looking to trade our future. So I got to ask you, Andy, what are you doing and what are you thinking? Uh, well, I'm groggily drinking my coffee, trying to wake up. And uh, yeah, and now I'm, I got to I got to defend some slander early <laughs> this early in the morning. Um, but other than that, I'm doing good. I'm kind of even though I'm a little tired and groggy, I didn't get too much. Had a hard time sleeping. Yeah, no, I, I'm doing good. Rangers, despite being in the toughest division in the league, they still hold on to that to dear life to that third place spot in the Metro. So, uh, yeah, I guess not too much to complain about, even though they're coming off of a loss where they actually played pretty well and it maybe could have gone either way. But uh, that's hockey. You know, they they stole two points earlier in the season from Toronto and then karmically you knew at some point they were gonna have to give them back and the Leafs are probably one of the best teams in the league right now I'd say they're probably their top three team in the league so yeah I'm happy with how they played yeah Leafs are 8-2-0 in their last 10 they just been humming along after a really slow start and pretty much warned the Rangers against this you know on our previous podcast that listen the Rangers cannot afford to come out to a slow start I thought they played okay for a road you know, a road first period, but you you can't fall down by two goals and expect to come back. The New York Rangers are one of those teams that if if they're playing against the weaker teams, they can pick apart them and beat them with speed and transition and, and get things going. But when you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs that can match your firepower, it's it's gonna be really tough to play, you know, that that game right back to them because they're just so good at it. They are so talented up front. And you can just see there's spurts of spurts of time where they almost look like the Rangers are killing a penalty against them. And it's just that their forwards are just too, too good. Austin Matthews is just unbelievable with the puck. He skates around like our zone, like, like it's like, it's a men's league game. It's unbelievable. And yeah. 
It just, you know, it's one of those games that you kind of knew was coming. The Rangers, I think, won four in a row at that point. So you knew a loss was coming. And you know what? It is what it is. You drop two points to the Toronto Maple Leafs, like you said. One of the better teams in the league. You can't be too upset about it. You kind of have to have uh, tunnel vision and move on. We have the the Buffalo Sabres this afternoon at 6. And I, I hate to say this so early in the season, but these are like the must-win games. And this certainly is a game where you got to walk away at two, with two points. I don't care if you do it in overtime. I don't care if you blow them out. I don't care if you come from behind. The Rangers need to walk away today with two points. It's just imperative to where they are in the standings. This time of year, you gotta, you know, you gotta beat the teams that you can beat, and this is certainly one of those games. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, by hook or by crook, however they get it done, they do need to come away with two points. It's uh, if only to even more so than just you know reaffirm themselves in the standings. It's just to give themselves that self belief that all right, we are a top contending team in this league, and we are a top flight team. And even though we dropped a, a hard road game, or we almost you know, just got the equalizer in the last, the the final dying minutes of the third. We couldn't get it. And we had a goal off a screen, which who knows, maybe an inch to the right or the left doesn't go in. Uh, yeah, they just to feel good about themselves. I think they need to have a strong and they're at home, too. So especially I think they just need to, to your point, they need to have a strong game here and they have to get those two points. Buffalo is obviously a team that despite coming out to a pretty hot start early is kind of come back down to earth a bit. Because uh, and obviously of the few teams that have had surprising starts, some of them have come back down to earth, and some of them have said, "Oh no, they have turned a bit of a corner." But yeah, Buffalo currently second to last in the entire Metro. They're seven, seven, and two. Which again, I mean, yeah. If you, I'm just looking at the Metro standings now. It's very surprising, just because we're you know we're getting close to seventeen, eighteen games here, and just to see how things are slotting out is just. You know, the Islanders being a last place, I obviously would have never have imagined, although the that road start couldn't have helped them. And they've been very unlucky with injuries. I thought they looked pretty good despite being at, without six of their regular players last night against the absolute wagon of a Flames team. But uh, yeah, I mean, to if the Rangers want to not, I'm looking at the wild card. I mean, these all these Metro teams keep winning. I The Devils came from behind last night and won. Uh, Pittsburgh's won two Pittsburgh, in a row. Pittsburgh won two in a row. The Capitals won again, even though they're, yes, they're ahead of the Rangers, but they also have played one more game. So, but even if the Rangers win their game tonight to match them at 18 games, they'd still be uh, two points behind. They'd have 25 points to Washington's 27. So that just, you know, and obviously Carolina just doesn't lose a lot. So, yeah, they're an absolute murderer's row of a division, but, um, there's they have to keep pace and it sucks but you know what i i think this is even though i bemoan it all the time i do think this is good for the rangers i think and not to go on too much of a tangent but i just want to say overall i want to ask your opinion it seems like we always talk about the parity in this league where there's usually like you know the haves and the have nots i have to say i think this season i don't know if it's just rebounding from covid and things normalizing again it seems like there's a lot more competitive teams in the league this year. Obviously, you have your teams that we know are flat out bad. And yes, they can obviously rattle off a win on any given night. But it just seems like this year, the parity is even greater in that there's a whole mix of teams that I don't really know how to peg. 
like are they good or are they bad like are the bruins finally bad or are they just kind of starting off to a slow start um is you know is is colorado bad <laughs> i don't i don't know is are the islanders bad this are they just unlucky it's kind of it's definitely very strange because we're like thanksgiving's in a couple days and that's usually you look at the standings and you'll have a few teams that aren't in maybe slot in maybe three three possible two or three but it might end up being what you see there's a very strong possibility of it being as it slots out now so you know if you maybe you can still swap out some of the wild card teams but you know with the devil's flyers uh rangers capitals and hurricanes from the metro and then um with the atlantic i mean you'd have uh only the three teams which makes sense given that the metro is the toughest division right now um yeah it's just really surprising how some things are slotting out right now and some of the starts that teams are getting off to i mean the ducks being at third in the pacific is pretty wild to me too but they look pretty good they look rejuvenated i think they'll come back down to earth at some point but can you imagine if colorado misses this year it'd be pretty crazy so uh, i don't know what's your overall imp- impression about the uh the parody this year that we're seeing from some of these teams. Well, it's really funny that you say this and we didn't have a prior discussion about this at all. Like this, you just brought this up on the whim. I had no knowledge of this, but in my head the other night I was looking at the standings and I'm like, is this like officially just a new era of like who the good teams are? And if you look, you know, you just even look on our division, you have Pittsburgh at the bottom you have Islanders at the bottom. I mean, that's like absurd to me. Philly, I thought was going to be a shittier team. They're actually, you know, humming along pretty well at eight and five. New Jersey, again, I thought another team that was probably a year away from being competitive. I think they're a wild card team when healthy. If they can just stay healthy, they don't have a ton of depth, but if they can just stay healthy, they're a team that I would not want uh, to see, you know, nipping at my heels at the end of the season. And then, you know, if you look at Atlantic, yeah, is Boston good? Like, we don't even know. Like, Montreal was at the top of the standings. Um, or I shouldn't say at the top of the standings, but they were the team to represent, you know, this division last year and or the Canadian division last year. They are, are putrid. Uh, you have Detroit, who I thought was going to be a bottom feeder. They're humming along at 500. And then obviously you have the big three, Tampa, Toronto, and Florida that everyone I think penciled into that. But, you know, it's interesting to see the mix and the jumble at the bottom there. And then the central Minnesota, like, I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere. They were one of those teams that I always pegged them as the boring Minnesota. Oh God, the Rangers are playing Minnesota eight o'clock game. This is so boring. You know, they're an exciting team. You know, they kind of turned that, that whole thing around really quickly. Winnipeg too, another team that it's like, you know, they got a chip on their shoulder with, you know, how they exited the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, it's weird seeing Colorado where they are in the standings. Dallas has dropped, you know, from what they used to be. Nashville has gotten, you know, uh, gotten a little, I don't know if it's confidence or swagger, but they seem to be able to win games. Very interesting there. And then, you know, the Pacific, which is just crazy to me. I would have never penciled in maybe Edmonton. But going into this season, like who would have thought Calgary was going to be the wagon that they are? Anaheim is just unbelievable. And, you know, it's weird seeing a team like Vegas and and even like, I don't know, I, Vancouver. I just didn't think Vancouver was going to struggle as much as they did since they, 
you know, finally got the contracts for Pedersen and, and Hughes. I thought they would, you know, kind of be competitive, but they're just putrid. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, this, this whole league, if you get a little bit of confidence going into the playoffs and a little bit of swagger, there's no reason why, you know, a team like the Rangers or like, I'll even put it like just to steer away from the Rangers, but a team like Winnipeg or Calgary, like teams that you've kind of you writ, written off, there's no reason why they can't win a Stanley Cup. I mean, the pieces are there. If, if you ask me today who's going to win the Stanley Cup, I'm saying the Flames going away just because they've absolutely decimated teams. Markstrom is playing out of his mind right now, and they've clearly turned a corner. Uh, they, ha- they obviously have a good coach in, that Rangers fans know all too well in Daryl Sutter. And just, yeah, I mean, just watching, I was watching a little bit of that Islander game just because obviously new building, fanfare and all that and want to check it out. And he, he has Johnny Goudreau playing so aggressively. And when I say aggressive, I mean attacking just with his speed and with his skill, but in a way that attacks and just, but the support layers are there. Uh, yeah, it does seem like there's been a big sea change in the NHL in terms of the guard. And even to your point, some of those teams that you see the flashes, at least of the next ones up, like you said, the Devils probably when healthy are a wild card team, maybe even better. Who knows? Um, you know, they when they, once they get Jack Hughes back, you know, they have Dawson Mercer humming along. And just some of those teams that, you know, we spoke, obviously we pegged it wrong. We thought Washington was going to. Uh, was going to finally fall off, but Ovi is uh, ageless. And Evgeny Kuznetsov, who was going to, apparently was going to be traded, decided I'm not going to be traded and he's keeping his nose clean, pardon the pun, and he's playing out of his mind. So, yeah. And obviously, you, you, even the teams that are still very bad defensively, like Anaheim and Detroit, they obviously, you see their young studs are coming up and Troy Terry and Zegris is starting to come on and uh, obviously Lucas Raymond and Mert Sider. And yeah, you're seeing the flashes of the, the next generations there. So they've, yeah, they're kind of handing over the key. So there's going to be a little bit of a, a turnover, but um, yeah, I mean, I do when it all said and done, I do think some of the teams that are more consistent, you might see a couple of those teams like Colorado or the Bruins uh, sneak into the picture, but other than that, yeah, I think to your point, James, I think we're kind of seeing a new way of doing business here in the NHL. So, and at least some of those old stalwart teams, like the Islanders, are kind of finally falling falling off. Yeah, I think Vegas needs to get healthy, and you know they'll they'll be all right. Yeah, they're um, in a wild card spot right now, and Leonard is having an excellent season. I don't, you know, people aren't really talking about it, but he has looked really good, even though the team in front of him has been kind of hang them out to dry but they're starting to tighten up and get better and they're getting healthier and you know i mean if they can stay in a wild card spot and then get eichel back in in the spring that would uh, i would that would be huge for them you know and then yeah. i would then i might say they could they could you know until definitely they maybe run maybe until they run into calgary but they could definitely make it to the conference final yeah and then, as much as i like edmonton at least offensively they still uh you know, they still allow a lot of goals, you know, and they it's obviously in the regular season. You, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl just clicking the way they're clicking. You can win all your game six, five if you want. But I don't know. I just don't think it, once the po- things tighten up a bit and who knows. But we'll see. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think Colorado, again, like you said, I, I think 
they can turn that ship at any moment. I mean, that that team with their offense. Well, they've been talent. unlucky, too, with injuries, too, right? Between McKinnon. Everyone's yeah. lost a little bit of time. McCarr lost a few games. McKinnon is out right now. Yeah. but uh, Well, Colorado's won four in a row. And, like, they're still ways away from getting into the picture. So yeah. you that's the start that they kind of had. So th- they'll figure it out. They'll they've played. The the, I think they've played. Uh, they've only played 14 games, too. So they have a, a couple games on hand by some of the other teams in their division. And they're. At 17 points. So, yeah, they if they play another four games, get points in all of them, they're right back in the or at least, you know, they get points in three of those four games. I think they're right back in the picture. So, yeah. And then, you know, if, especially for gambling friends, this is probably the time if you want to take, make a future, you know, you have a, some prime, <laughs> even if you wanted to bet the Islanders, right? You say, OK, the Islanders had a slow start. They're not the team they used to be, but they had to start the, te- the season on the road. Then they, you know, they show up to their uh, their home opener and they have to play one of the best teams in the NHL. They get blown to bits. You know, I think there'll be a point where the Islanders say, you know what, let's go back to the things that we were doing last year. Let's hunker down here. Let's be tougher to play against in terms of, you know, n- not being able to score against us. And, you know, let's just win some really low scoring hockey games and, and get right back into it. I think they absolutely can. Pittsburgh scares me because. Pittsburgh is going to get healthier and Pittsburgh's one of those teams that they always kind of seem to get off to a slow start. And then all of a sudden they win 10 of 12 and you see them at the top of the standing. So for me right now in the Metro, Andy, I'm very worried about the Islanders. I am very worried about Pittsburgh and they're sitting at the bottom two slots. Again, like I said, the Rangers have to beat teams that they can beat. And Buffalo is one of them. And this is, this is the way you keep your distance, right? You have a, yeah. what is this, 11-point lead over the, well, actually, it wouldn't be that, but you know what I'm saying. You have a, a big gap right now. You just got to maintain it, and beating teams like Buffalo is is imperative if you want to make the playoffs. So um, my one question for you, Andy, though, is, you know, you saw the the Rangers play against Toronto. They were competitive. They lacked... Uh, the ability to gain any scoring chances in the first and second. I just thought they were kind of, you know, playing on the outskirts and instead of getting into the guts of the ice, especially in the offensive zone. The third period, you saw them click and you just saw them absolutely outplay the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that the last 10 minutes of the third looked like a Rangers power play. And, you know, I, I thought, I thought you saw it from many different players and, you know, my question for you, Andy, is mm-hmm. looking at this team and their ability to kind of flip a switch in between periods, is this, is this a new look Rangers in terms of like the coaching style? Is this Gallant, you know, basically pressing the boys, telling them like, listen, you need to change the way you're playing right now or else you don't have a shot? Or is this just the Rangers kind of finding their legs and finding just like who they are and going through the motions? I think the latter. I think Gallant is what we know is a like Elaine Vigneault is kind of a hands-off coach. He lets the boys in the room take care of it, but he might say a little something like, you know, we know what we got to do better, boys. You got it. Don't worry about it. He's he's Mr. Positivity and just nothing really rattles him. He doesn't seem to. He's not the he's not Bruce Boudreau just absolutely screaming his head off or anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the way looking at that game in totality. You could say for both teams, outside of maybe, obviously the first goal was just a really weird bunch of traffic and a screen. Igor doesn't even see it. 
uh, but smart to just whip the puck on net. Good things happen. So good play by Riley. And then on the power play, he makes a great move with the the toe drag just to delay the shot and then pick the five hole. So, you know, two very expertly placed shots. But other than that, I think both teams didn't really, even if they let the other team at times run around the perimeter, didn't really give up the house too much. So I think that's just two teams that are good playing good defense. So and then obviously the Rangers once when they were having the most success, the kid line was having the most success because they were playing the most direct game. Gautier was just kept driving the net. Heedle was driving to the net. Even Lafreniere was getting in on the four check and just trying to go hard to the net. And lo and behold, that's what works against these teams. You know, we've been harping on this for, I don't know, this is our third season of podcasting for two seasons. And the Rangers are finally doing it more. And when it's nice to have you need to to be a contending team, you need to be able to do it both ways, right? You need to, when teams are running around a bit, you need to be able to exploit that with skill. But when teams are just saying, we're just going to sit here and content to do that, you have to obviously cause some chaos by bringing the, the puck to them and, and driving to the slot. And then everyone kind of starts, instead of protecting the perimeter, then they kind of start collapsing a bit. And that opens up a little bit of space on either side of the, of the slot. So yeah, I just over I again in a losing effort. I really wasn't too upset with the way they played and like you said just to push for that goal. I think they kept harping on it in the post game that they felt they could have had a different fate. They could have got points out of this game. They could have potentially won this game at a certain point. Kako keeps his point streak going by again using his trusting his shot and just putting a puck on net that rebounds out into the slot and then another player in Hunt is you know is driving to the slot and then easy pickings for him. So that's that's what it takes to get it done. And, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of teams right now that are scoring some pretty goals in the NHL. And that was the Rangers the, the past few seasons. But then it would kind of prove futile once uh, they reached any level of playoff type hockey. But now it's yeah, they're kind of have started to figure out we're going to do this a little bit differently. You look at the amount of goals they've scored. Kreider has scored on deflections in the power play or just driving to the the weak side of the net scoring a bunch of goals in close it's not as it hasn't been as ticky tack pick corners as it's been for this team in the past and they're scoring less goals as a result but the ones they are scoring you could say they're keepers in the playoffs so and they're winning games and yeah so like i said they drop a obviously a competitive game against a team that i would argue is a little bit still a little bit better than them but on any given night but the Rangers aren't far behind and they hung with them. And I think they definitely earned their Maple Leafs respect. So they, they understand our, this is definitely not the same team we played uh, <laughs> when they absolutely, you know, Igor absolutely stole that game for us. So yeah, I, again, overall, I'm not too upset. And I do think the Rangers are slowly figuring out things about themselves, especially you see the kids being more comfortable being in the trenches and be, finally getting a workmanlike attitude going because that's when they're going to have successes when they say oh i'm the guy that has to get in there and do the work and that's what they're doing you know it'll look like a man possessed during that game gotier understands this is a big opportunity for him so he even though he didn't score this game he looked uh like he had something to prove yet again and this team lacks speed as it is that's my biggest knock on them is their lack of team speed can be a little frustrating at times but they do have guys who can fly like Keandre Miller, who had his best game I've ever seen him play in that second period. Well, oh, man, he was just uh, he was unbelievable. And Heedle's quick and Gautier's quick. So, yeah, but because they have some more plotting guys in their top, uh, you know, between. Yeah, some of their their top six forwards. So it's good to see them actually be able to apply a little bit more speed because that's what 
as kill you know speed kills these days in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, overall wasn't too upset that they lost. You know, you would have liked to see them get two points, but again, law of averages and it was a road game and they were in it, and that's all I could really ask for. Yeah, it's nice to see Miller jump in the play and just join in the rush because that is so effective in this league is having that fourth man be able to do it. I mean, you see what McCarr was a- is able to do in Colorado and and just the the way Adam Fox can jump into plays and just having that fourth man or when that that defenseman becomes a third man to join the rush and actually have that person be a threat is yeah. just huge and I mean, you even see, I mean, he's got such good offensive in- instincts for being a kid that is trying to learn the game of defense in the NHL. I mean, I, I know they mentioned it on the broadcast, but, you know, Keandre Miller is not a defenseman. He didn't start becoming a defenseman in college, right? It was the first time he played defense? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I think even with uh, the NDDP, uh, excuse me, NDTP, that is the first time they kind of tried him out there early in his time in the program there. So he hadn't been playing a lot, but clearly you see he has the developed offensive. He's good off the rush and he's, you know, he's an okay, he's a pretty decent stick handler. He's better than Brady Shea, but he's, uh, you know, he's got, he's got good offensive instincts and he's, he knows when to, when to go, which is nice. But again, we've seen him be, his whole thing is obviously when you're a rookie in the league, you're, might be hesitant. You're, am I def, am I leaving my post? Is this the right thing? And if you're second guess guessing yourself, you can really see it on the ice. And Miller is at his best when he is just kind of reacting and trusting that he's doing the right thing because he gets he's already a, a cover explosive in the skating and covers a lot of ground and has a huge reach. And I think that helps him on the other side of the puck too because when he is just playing and not thinking, he is he covers so much ground so quickly that he can really smother teams and stop transitions and get to pucks in the wall first and not in a sense where he gets there and then he gets wrapped up by a guy. He can just kind of collect it and keep his feet churning and just he's away with it and then he can skate it out on the other side. It's pretty it's pretty impressive to see. So if he keeps developing the way he's developing, he could be the Rangers, not their best defenseman. That's still going to be Fox just because of his that big brain of his, uh, but just definitely one of their most versatile defensemen that he's good can be pretty good in every situation he can be good in transition he can be good defending he could be good on the pk he could be good on the power play potentially although right now there's not really a spot for him and yeah so that was awesome to see and that's that's all you really do want to see because again we've spoken there's so many teams in this league that are either developing and you see the flares that they still have a lot to work on or or kind of there, but they don't have young talent. The fact that the Rangers are are doing this, I think, is yeah, pretty impressive. And obviously, that pretends prevents them from being a top flight team. I think because again, you have Nils Lundqvist still trying to is getting caved in on the third line as he's trying to figure out how to play in the NHL. Um, but and but Miller is clearly from last year where he had a lot of head scratchers, and and he still has his gaffes. He still makes bad decisions from here and there, but he's definitely looks so much better this year and. Yeah, developing while being a top flight contending team is tough, but the Rangers are kind of finding that balance. And I think that's a credit to Gallant, who, whether it's not moving Kako off the line, even though Rangers fans are are screaming to try something different and that Stroman Panera won't pass to him. And yeah, it just it just it's just understanding what's going on and just not overreacting and they're they're finding ways to do it. So uh yeah, that was Keandre's best game and obviously you see what 
he could definitely be a physically dominant player in this league uh, sooner rather than later. So that was awesome. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, the Rangers defense, it's just, you know, you look at the, the, you know, the prospects that we have, all the youth down there. And then you look at, you know, just even our top four right now and just how solid they are. Like, it's so nice not having to worry about like defense because you do look at teams around the league and the teams that really lack depth on the defensive side of the puck are like, it's horrendous to watch. It's just like so frustrating. There's no outlet passes. There's no guys jumping into the play. There's no, you know, movement on, on you know, top of the offensive zone where guys are creating lanes for, for shots. It's just, it's unbelievable just how lucky we are that the New York Rangers have this much depth and youth, you know, with this team right now as a part of this rebuild. And, you know, it just still amazes me because, again, I'm just not used to the Rangers having nice things. So the fact that, you know, I don't ever have to worry about the, the defense for the next maybe 10 years is just really nice. So, yeah, uh, um, I have I, I have a question for you, Andy. OK, um, I'm starting to hear rumblings that the Rangers might make a trade. Obviously, Sammy Blay went down so that I think the Rangers are going to make a move for a middle of the pack guy, an NHL player, a guy that's been around the block a little bit a guy that they think can be effective playing middle six minutes. What have you heard? Who do you want? And, uh, you know, is there any legs to these rumors? Yeah, I think there's legs. And I think I think we all speculated that Drury would be working the phones even before Blay went down because it was pretty clear that they still needed yet another one of those guys. Um, And listen, I think Goudreau brings a lot to this team, but I think this experiment with him on the top line should be over. He can't generate any offense as a top six player. I thought he looked excellent as the third line center. And I listen, I love Heedle. I obviously now the kid line's playing well, so you don't want to break them up. But at the same time, if you look at a guy like Julian Gauthier, you know, maybe you give hit, let him see what he can do with Kreider and Mika in the top. That's a big line with a lot of size. And now to have the speed of, his speed to add to Kreider's speed on the forecheck and Zabanajad, who is, even though he's looked kind of a step behind, is still putting up points and making smart reads. You know, I mean, 
it's tough though because this team does still has a lot of <laughs> I hate to keep harping on it but this team really needs a talented puck distributor who can play in the top six to play with Zibanejad and Kreider and we had that guy and we traded him but I'm not going to relitigate that because it's just it's endless at this point it's, it's it's happened so it is what it is but you do I don't know you do have to wonder they keep wanting to it sounds like with the moves they made over the summer, they keep wanting to find these players that can slot in anywhere, slot in anywhere and be, which is good because I understand those guys are usually a little bit cheaper, but can still pot goals here or there. They're not top flight offensive talents, but they can, yeah, you can, if you have injuries during the season, they can, and that's kind of how Gallant likes it. He likes a bunch of guys that are workmen. He can plug them in wherever and just not have to worry about it and just keep rolling it. And that he hopes instead of getting Supreme uh, production from one line he gets even production from most of his other lines so i understand that but we just spoke about how much the third line the third d pair is struggling with nemeth and lungfist right so yeah. that's clearly uh right now is a glaring issue <laughs> nemeth is not hasn't been able to insulate lungfist as well as i would have thought and also he's a horrible puck distributor Lundqvist is a better puck distributor, but gets caved in in his own end because he's small and undersized and just new to the game. You know, I just think he's still a little bit of uh, the game's coming at him very fast because he's only played seven, 18 NHL games, you know, in the best league in the world. So he'll he's getting better, I think, and he'll get there. But yeah, right now it's tough. And if this team wants to do anything in the postseason, they're going to have to address that. So I don't know if that's a call up from Hartford or if that's a trade of some sort or. Uh, hard to know. Who knows? Maybe Boteto somehow ends up back on this team somewhere. Um, although I think they let him go, though. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of you have to think, trying to psychoanalyze what Drury might be looking for. I know I personally think having someone who can slot in with Zibanejad and Kreider is more important. And I did want to run this by you. Uh, there is a team that the Rangers just recently played. That is clearly not going to make the playoffs. They made the Stanley Cup uh, final last year, and they're going to have to make some decisions because they lost a bunch of players, and they they do have some talented younger players, but at a certain point, you have to throw in the towel, right? So I look at Montreal, and I look they actually have two right-wingers that I think could probably slot in pretty well on this team in different uh, fashions. One is Tyler Toffoli, who I think when he came over, from the Canucks. This is not exactly what he signed up for, right? I think he thought they, you know, he's 29, so it's not he's not getting any younger, but he had an excellent season for them last year. He's a, a good goal, he's a natural goal scorer, which this I think the Rangers team really needs. Um and yeah, he's although unfortunately he's still kind of slow, but he's for his size, but he's just got to He's one the Rangers need more players that can just flat out pick corners and I he's a guy who can do that. He just has a, a nose for the net and a goal scoring mentality. So I think that could be very useful for, for this team. And the other guy uh, was the same guy that, you know, sucker punched Barkley Goudreau in the face and Brendan Gallagher. You know, I, I don't know if he wants to be a Canadian for life. And I don't know what they're, if they're willing to even trade him or want to trade him or if he wants to go. But at the same thing, I mean, his. The way he plays, you can't say wouldn't fit with what the Rangers are trying to do. You know, just have a guy who is absolutely relentless on the puck and pesty and just makes life difficult and the other team uncomfortable. And I think he's a guy who could fit 
this Rangers team like a glove, you know? So well, I don't know, James, what's, what say you, what are you thinking? Listen, I, I understand Toffoli is at the, the forefront of these rumors and that's pretty much the name that, that uh, like gets brought up every single time. You know, I do worry about, you know, his contract, his age, are the Rangers prepared to take on? Cause I think he's got a few more years after this year. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I really want to take that on. Uh, he's, if it was a center position, I'd say yes, but he does play the wing. Um, or if I'm mistaken, he does play. Yeah, he's a right winger. It's like enough with the wingers. If we're going to bring in somebody, let's, ha- let's have them, you know, at least play. We have too much money on the wing, so we can't afford to bring in a guy like Tyler Toffoli. It just, it's just not going to work. Um, you know, and the numbers there, if you look at, you know, the Rangers cap hit, if you're going to bring in a player, I, I kind of agree with you. Brendan Gallagher would be better. He's a right yeah. winger. He's an agitator. He kind of does it all a little bit. And he's such a pain in the ass to play against. And that's, you know, he's so effective doing that. I would probably lean Gallagher. I don't know if Montreal is going to be willing to part ways with him. But I think if the price is right, they'll definitely do it. I mean, they got to make some sort of move. They got to, they got to, you know, they got to stop the bleeding here. And maybe a change in the locker room is exactly what they need. And, you know, who knows if they make a trade. You know, it doesn't seem like Kraftsoft will ever be, ever be a New York Ranger. Probably not. You, you got to trade him. You got you got to move him. So you might as well, you know, offer him, you know, maybe a Kraftsoft. I, I don't know how much you're going to get for him. And it's, it's like you, you don't really have any leverage because now you, every team knows that he'll never play for you. So I don't know. Maybe a guy like uh, Gallagher would be good for this team. I still think we need another defenseman and I still think we need another depth center. I just, I like looking at our lineup, Andy, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I just don't see, and I know we're not going for the Stanley cup this year. That's, that's pretty, pretty obvious clear, to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't see a world where McKeg and a guy like Rooney are going to lead the way on the fourth line and be penciled into a Stanley cup. Like, it's just not going to happen. We really need to find some bottom guys. And, you know, I hate to say it, but guys like Lafreniere need to step up. I need a little bit more from Hedl. I know Hedl's been playing better and, you know, had, had a decent season last year until he got hurt and was never fully able to get back to that point. But, you know, I, and I know Kako's got now a point streak, but I don't want to, like, sound like I'm picking on guys, but you, you got to start playing, like, you know, what you're supposed to be and you're the first and second overall picks you guys need to be effective the points need to start coming in like this is why you know the rangers now need to trade for more depth players because you know they're not getting it from yeah unless you're going to be willing to part ways with Kako and lafreniere and go for an all-out stud then this isn't going to work so you know for me andy listen i'd rather be patient let's see what the league has to offer. You do have some pieces in prospects and guys like crafts off. You know, you, you need to find out what Ryan Strom is because even Strom and Panarin thing is not as dominant as it once once was. I don't know if that's because Kako is now playing the right wing and it's just a little bit less effective. But, you know, the Rangers need to find out what they actually have in the, in the players that they currently have on their roster. And if they don't do that, 
And if we keep going down this road, I don't want to just make trades for guys like Toffoli or Gallagher or, or wh- whoever around the league. You know, it's just, it, it, it's not good. They're like, this isn't good. I'd rather ship Lafreniere and Kako and bring in a guy like, you know, Pedersen from Vancouver. Like, something. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really honestly don't know what the answer is. I'm proud that the Rangers are winning hockey games and they're accumulating points and that's great. But to me, it's, we really need to find out who our studs are going to be, you know, and I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it right now. The big picture, I don't see it game by game. This team can win hockey games, but big picture Stanley cup playoffs right now, man, we need a lot of help and I just don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah, no. And I definitely understand that because again, I think the teams that not, it's one thing to play the right way, but it's another thing to have balance in your lineup and also have guys put in the best position for success. And again, I think to your point, James, I think that's what they're doing is they're kind of figuring out where guys are best. And again, I think on the one hand, I will commend them for playing in such a way that they can experiment, but still pull out wins and get timely goals and that. But obviously, you, this is a team that's still very much not clicking right but it's weird it's almost tantalizing in a way because you're like well what if Zabanajad does finally get his head out of his ass and you know he produces at the rate his line made Kreider is producing at and what if yeah if all these guys start figuring it out this team is all of a sudden in a different on that closer to that next level that they're trying to get to right so but yeah it's clearly they there's still some disconnects and some they're sputtering out in some spots right now and Again, it's a patient to your point. I think patience probably is the best, the best path because giving up assets for something that's not guaranteed to be guaranteed to be a fix is not. Yeah, it's not smart. I mean, there are some glaring holes, but at the same time, it's not unheard of that maybe at some point they understand uh, that with the way Kako's playing, maybe they do finally say, "All right, he keeps this point streak going, and he's just playing with more confidence. It looks the way he looks now, which is excellent." They're like, "All right, well, maybe we do play him with Kreider and Spanajad. We don't know how these things are going to change, or if an injury forces a weird pairing that all of a sudden finds chemistry or, or some magic, and then that kind of solves that problem." So yeah, it's kind of definitely hard to say, but um, yeah, I well, think I have an idea that I want to run by ooh, you. Yeah, no, please, by all and means. like. You can you can yell at me if I'm out of line here because this <laughs> is this is a big. I had a little discussion yesterday with somebody, and you know I I, w- I was in agreement and th- and I've thought about this before, but I never had really the courage to bring it up in front of you. Um, you know, not that you're judgmental or anything, but you know I'm a, me, I'm a little I, judgmental. I I flirt I flirt a little bit with the crazy the craziness. That's true, and I like to dabble a little bit, and you know my mind can get a little overblown. Well, what about bringing in a player like Patrick Kane? You know, I, listen, the Rangers have, they have all their first round picks for the next, you know, three years. They have, uh, you know, four second round picks in the next three years. You know, they have a lot of young, good, solid assets that they can ship over to, um, you know, uh, Chicago. Chicago, to me, if you're part of management right now, you kind of want to move on to that era that we won't uh, really d- get into discussing. And, you know, what are you really getting out of Patrick Kane for the next two seasons? You're going to have to move him eventually. Like, you're not, you're not winning a Stanley Cup. You're not competitive. You have $10.5 million on the books with, you know, Patrick Kane this season and then next year. 
if you retain some of that and you get a bunch of prospects and a, and a few picks, you know, is it, it might be worth for the Rangers to bring in a Patrick Kane and stick him with Artemi Panarin, a guy who he used to rip up the league with. So I don't know. What are your thoughts with that? I mean, obviously fine. It would be cool. Uh, it does concern me a little bit that Patrick Kane uh, playing with Panarin, I think that could be an absolutely dominant line. So the fact that Patrick Kane doesn't really play much in the way of defense is okay. <laughs> but the cap hit is obviously hard to swallow. And what assets you'd have to give up for them to A, for does Kane even want to come? Not sure. B, do they even want to trade him? Not sure. And C, would they be willing to retain? Not sure. But I mean, in a in and of itself, I think because usually with with players that are well past their thirties, you you get a little concerned. But if he's only got two, he'd have he's got one more season left after this, right? And then he's Patrick UFA. Kane is an eighty-eight, Andy. You're acting like he's you know forty years old. You're hurting my feelings. I mean, James, we're older I've been, than I, Kane. James. I bent over to pick something up the other day, and I heard a <laughs> pop, and I I'm still like I icing my knee so, so yeah so yeah um but no but i i think obviously those two are absolutely dominant together and that would offensively i think that would solve a lot of problems for this team because then you could put kako with you just put him with Kreider and zabanit jad and then that would be an absolutely deadly top six and then you let the if the kid line is keeps going the way it's going you have a very spirited third line and then the fourth line even though they can't score to save their life they at least they do what they do well and just get the puck in and just keep in the other zone so yeah i think uh in a lot of ways that would be a pretty tantalizing mix um but yeah obviously there's a lot of things preventing that such as salary and uh appetite to be traded or to trade a player but I don't, you know, as far as crazy things goes, not the worst in the world. I like that better than the Phil Kessel talk. I just think Kessel is oh my God. a bit cooked at this point. And who knows? Maybe he's just, he knows that team stinks and he's just, you know, not to turn a pun, but hot dogging it around a bit, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting to, to once we hear rumors of what they're looking, who they're looking at, what they're going to do. You know, I think. Ranger fans are going to get all excited and then you're going to hear they're looking at like a really underwhelming, gritty guy from like like John Hayden in Buffalo or something. And you're going to be like, oh, or, uh, you know, I don't know. But I guess we'll see because a lot of it also depends on what teams are selling. And right now in the Metro, every team kind of thinks they're in it, which makes the obvious. So that's one division you're probably not going to trade with. And the last place team is the Islanders and Lou will. Yeah, Lou will cut his own thumb off before he trades with the Rangers, no matter what team he's with. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's like the only teams that are really clearly going to be out of it are teams like the Coyotes, uh, probably the Sabres. What about the Sharks? I, like the Sharks, I think they think they're in it. They think they're in it. I think they think they're in it, which is stupid because oh their metrics are still bad. But um, they got off to that a bit stronger start, and then now they they stupidly think they're in it. But um, but yeah, obviously everyone wants Tomas Hurdle. I just don't know if that happens, which stinks because I would absolutely love the player. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously we've heard uh, what's his name? Who's from New York? Was it LeBanc? Is yep. he from Staten Island? Right? Yeah, Staten Island boy. 
yeah, so that name has obviously popped up a lot. Uh, so, yeah, well, LeBanks I, I name. Got, oh, I sorry, sorry what you say? No, I, I got a player that you don't even have to trade for. You can actually have him tonight, really, if you really wanted him. Oh, no. And, <laughs> well, uh, I know who you're going to say, I think. But go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let's hear it. No, 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 no. You don't. No, I'm. I'm saying Morgan Barron, man, just ripping up oh, the AHL. Jesus, we were. Well, we were talking sharks, and I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's a guy with the uh, with a, a gambling problem and a. Oh no 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 no, no 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 no! <laughs> Evander pretty- Kane. Listen, I listen. You know me. I was a huge Evander Kane fan. The, not what the Rangers need right now. You no. know it certainly not what the rangers need uh you don't even know if he's vaccinated or not it's just there it's a problem that the rangers they certainly don't need don't headaches need. right now yeah. no we we got all that yeah. out of our system last season um but no morgan Barron. i mean the kid is ripping up the ahl i know he had his you know a few stints and didn't look as as good as you know what maybe the rangers need right now but man I, I just I can't get over this kid, you know. I want him as a center on this team, and I just think, you know, given given the youth and given some of the players that the Rangers are are willing to throw in the lineup, like the the Roonies and McKegs, it just I feel like is it worth? Am I crazy to think maybe it's just worth keeping him here? Like he's he's dominating the AHL, and that's exactly what you want him to do, and that's all part of his development, but. Man, I really, I, I think he could play third line minutes here, and and not, you know, it's not like he's going to be playing eight minutes a game. I think he could play, you know, twelve, thirteen minutes a game here for the New York Rangers. Yeah, I don't know if he's there yet. I mean, I would start him on the fourth line. I know as as much as that pains everyone to say, but I would. Well, he can't start play him. on the fourth line. There's well, no, no I understand because with then, Reeves. Then he, yeah, well, then he's not going to produce. I mean. He, yeah, I guess the question then becomes who's sitting and is uh, would. I don't think there's a chance that because of his PK ability that uh, I think Dryden Hunt would be the guy who would then sit, right? Because I don't think I don't know if, if Turk's going to sit Revo. Um, well, Hunt is kind of starting to feel himself a little bit. I'd like to see yeah, what well, he can do with a little bit. I of like a lot of what Hunt can do. I think he was underrated signing coming in here. He's definitely got speed and he keeps it in and that's the thing it's it's just a real shame that those three guys are devoid of any skill because they have a hell of a lot of will and you have two guys that are really fast in rooney and hunt and then even though reeves is slow as molasses i mean for whatever reason he's just one of those guys that he's got the je ne sais quoi that uh the boys play bigger when he's there and they get in on, he throws a big hit and it feels like you're in the driver's seat even though you know he's kind of plodding around the ice right but yeah, to your point, Hartford went, won again last night in a, a hell of a game, the barn burner of a game. I think it was like seven to three or something. They scored five goals in the third. Uh, and in, a guy to keep an eye on is uh, Pahunyemi down there because he had a, he's got a, a goal scoring a point streak going, and he scored two goals last night. And the Rangers, like I just said, need more guys who are just natural goal scorers, and he is one of those. He's got a hell of a shot, and he's starting to pick corners again. And he's just getting more comfortable with the pace of North American hockey. And uh, yeah, he's, he looks pretty good. But that whole team is kind of rounding out. I think I think the, the Devils AHL affiliate Utica is undefeated. They have the best start to a season to, in AHL history. But I think I believe that in terms of their division, 
Uh, I think the Wolf Pack are right up there. I think they're either in like second or third. Is there a way to look this up? The AHL um, website stakes is by the awful. Way. Um, hold on one second. I think I got it. AHL standings. Here we go. AHL standings. Uh, yeah, and I believe so. They're right. Is this for this year? Yes. So the Wolf Pack have only played twenty four games. How many points do they have? Okay, so provinces in first. Is this? Wait, no, this was last year. Jesus, hockey TV stinks too. Yeah, you. All right, I got it. Like, no. uh, yeah, if you got it, and now and now the site timed out. No, all right, I, here we I, go. I, I so it, yeah, yeah, they're second in their so they're second in a division behind uh, Springfield in the Atlantic Division. Hartford is. So, um, they have twenty four points. Obviously, Utica in the North Division is in first place. They've played only played thirteen games, but they've won all of them, so they have twenty six points. So, but they're basically tied for second in the league with uh, with Springfield. So. That's pretty good. And I mean, Schneider had a great night last night. Zach Jones has been figuring out how to apply himself offensively finally. So things are clicking down there. And you have to wonder at what point are some of these guys going to get a call up. And hell, even Brodzinski, who leads the team in, in points, he's the captain of that team. You have to wonder if as a reward, they give him some time here if a guy goes down. But I think it all really kind of falls on Turk, who doesn't... He's kind of set in his ways. He's not, I don't think he's a guy. And you, you, you talk about his last few tenures and why he got fired. I think he's a guy who has, he, he has the roster set how he likes it. And he doesn't really, it usually comes where him and the GM end up butting heads a bit on like, they want, you know, we want to try, see what this kid's made of, or we want you to give this kid a shot or whatever. And I don't know if that's his thing. I think he likes to have 100% control of the roster and it's his say and what he says goes. So, yeah, I don't know if it's going to come down to injuries, and I will say the Rangers, knock on wood, have been pretty lucky within that regard. You know, they just dodged a, a potential bullet with Mika with a false positive with COVID, but, um, well, and I shouldn't say they've been lucky because obviously Blaze out for the season, but, you know, they haven't had a lot of bodies go down, so in that sense, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... um. Uh, things are going well down there, so I would like to see Barron up. But at the same time, if he can, if you look at all the the Rangers have had a problem rushing guys to the NHL before they're ready, so I don't know. Maybe it is better to leave him down there and let him dominate and play the most minutes, and then just keep refining his game before bringing him up. You know, especially if you bring him up too early and he kind of turtles back into more of a bottom six guy i do think the more you leave him down there at least this season i do think that'll help round out his offensive game that he might need to potentially play on the third line in the future so but it's tough it's tough i do he did i do think he should see nhl ice this season i just permanently i don't know i don't know about that we'll see yeah no it'll be interesting to see what the rangers do and you know luckily like you did you know i will agree with you that the rangers haven't had too many injuries to the stat sheet you know You know, it's unfortunate that Sammy Blay got hurt, but, you know, it's better than Panarin, right? So the silver lining of that. So we got a tough week, Andy. We have, you know, the Sabres tonight at 6 p.m. Then you have the Islanders on Wednesday and Boston on Friday. And then the Islanders again on Sunday. So, again, the Rangers are really going to have to, you know, find ways to win against teams like Buffalo. And then you expect them to, you know, Listen, you, the Islanders are vulnerable. You got to beat them. And then, you know, Boston, you got a 1 p.m. game. I'm writing that off as a, 
as a loss. A loss yeah. yeah, one p.m. game, one p.m. game for the Rangers. Just especially against like a Boston or a Philly, like they just never do well. So that's a loss. So you gotta, you know, at least split with the Islanders, if not sweep them in the next two games, and you know, close out the month of November strong. There's no reason why we can't compete. You know, it's just there's no reason for it, Andy. And you, you hope, hopefully, that the Rangers rebound after a tough loss. And they're kind of sour about the Toronto game. So hopefully they can, uh, you know, beat up on Buffalo tonight as they should and get a feel good win under their belt. And they get a couple days off and they don't have to travel too far to uh, Long Island to play at the new uh, new arena there. So that should be exciting. Uh, anything else from you? No, uh, you know, I was just thinking when you mentioned their schedule, it, it, it ends up being a little bit of a blessing in disguise that that Ottawa game that was supposed to be played yesterday get got postponed because now they get in a little bit extra rest time in here, especially because like you said, their schedule is a little compact coming up this week. So yeah, it's just funny, you know, sometimes it's their teams where nothing is going right for, and they're unlucky like the Islanders or maybe the avalanche to this point, but the Rangers, who knows, you know, getting a little bit of, uh, it sucks losing Blay, like you said, but they get a little bit fortunate with maybe a little bit of less of a condensed schedule now. Um, for this week because it's already going to be tough enough as it is so yeah i think uh like we said off the top of the the drop of the podcast is that they need to win tonight against the sabers or at least look like they should win (laughs) they have to play they have to be better than the teams they're better than and that doesn't always mean winning the game although you you have to keep pace but at the same time you just you have to look better than the teams that you were better than and whatever a goaltender steals it for them or there's fluky bounces that happens but that evens out but you have to look the part because at a certain point um if you keep not looking the part that kind of just shows you're not what you think you are but the rangers have played better absolutely and i maintain that if they keep playing the way they've been playing they will be in the postseason come spring so uh not maybe a, not a big test, but a pop quiz tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, and hopefully they come out with an A. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.